Alright, you got your Bibles this morning. Open them up to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. You know, there's uh, in science, in, in, in the spiritual world, there's, uh, there's forces that are at work. Um, whether you know it or not. I mean, you, you look around and globally, uh, in the world today, in, in our own personal lives, there's, there's forces, there's things that are, are pressing us and pushing us and pulling us and, and those sorts of things. And this morning we're going to take a look at an example of four forces uh, that affect things that fly and see how that may relate to us. The first force is weight. Is weight. So if you think of it, the, the, the force of gravity that pulls you, pulls you down toward the center of the earth. So there's weight. Then the second, the second is lift. And, and lift works when you're at, at a right angle to the direction of motion in the air. And so when you got that lift, that angle right, uh, it'll, it'll lift you and propel you. That's how you get you know, a million pound uh, plane to get up off the ground with, with not all, all power of an engine. It's, it's the lift that can do that. The third is, is thrust. Thrust is the force that propels you in that direction of motion. And so, for instance, an engine, you know, an airplane engine would, would be the thrust. And the fourth is, is drag. And drag is, uh, is the force that uh, acts opposite of the direction of motion. And so it can be friction on it or it can be uh, pressure against the surface of it as you're being propelled forward. So too much drag, too much weight would ground you, would cause you to crash. Or too much ground, too much weight would cause you to never even get off the ground. And if we think of this in relation to our life or our spiritual walk, or in this case our spiritual flight, uh, we can begin to see these forces at work. You know, we've talked about this here many times, that there's spiritual warfare in the world today. I mean, we see that globally, just as I've said, and you, can, you I'm sure, have experienced it in your own life, whether you known it or not, whether you've known that it was a spiritual uh, battle, spiritual attacks, it happens to all of us whether we recognize it or not. Probably one of the most helpful things in spiritual warfare, uh, as the Bible tells us, is just to recognize that, hey, you're in spiritual warfare. There's forces out there, good and evil, uh, that are, are working uh, as, as forces to... Uh, to lift us, to propel us, or to weight us, and to drag us. Have you ever heard someone say, this is a drag, you know? <laughs> Maybe you've said, this life is a drag. You know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh, we, can, we can choose to position ourselves right and, and get the lift in life that we need and the thrust and the power in life. I was working for a man in his home uh, this past week or two, and he, he was a, uh, a life coach, and uh, he asked me a question. He said he was going to ask me a personal question, and he asked me, uh, what energizes me, or what gives me energy? And I, I saw that as, what gives you thrust? You know, and I got to thinking about it. What, what is it in your life that, uh, you know, makes you feel alive? 
that you're excited about and excited to do. And to be honest with you, I, I love this. I love, I love teaching and, and spreading the Word of God. I love studying the Word of God. Sometimes by myself, uh, you know, down in my basement, I'll be getting in the Word of God and seeing how one verse connects to the next verse to the next verse and how it all ties together the Bible. And, you know, it, before long it just energizes me. Gives me that, that, uh, that propelling. Much of the battles that we all face in life and spiritually, and, and by the way, both of those are closely connected, just in, in the natural and the supernatural. A lot of times we don't understand, you know, if we're not aware of what the Bible says about the supernatural, we only ever see things on the natural. And so you know what we try to do in that case? We try to fight battles on the outside when really the battle should be fought on the inside. Is that not right? So many times the battles that we're fighting are usually and sometimes battles that are beyond our control if it's on the outside. But the Lord, He helps us with the battles on the inside. And those inside battles are, are battles of the mind. Uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, Paul talks about those battles that go on in the mind and being able to overcome those things that drag us or weight us, and to be able to understand how that we can have uh, 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 make decisions in our mind that would be able to thrust us and lift us. Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is what we're, this is, you know, when we talk, when we say that we're Christians, and we're walk with Christ. What what is it that we're trying? What is Christ? The Christian. It's Christ like, right? And so, what we should be uh, growing toward is a, a transformed mind or a mind that is the mind of Christ, right? So that when we see things and we make decisions, uh, we see them as Christ sees them. Boy, that's a lift. That's a thrust. When we begin to understand and see how he does. Now, you've opened your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing. Wouldn't it be nice to have a carefree life? You say, that's impossible. I don't know. Paul says, be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care about anything. I mean, really. You know, sometimes the stuff that we're so worked up about, one, we can't control, and two, it doesn't matter. Really, if we think about it long term, it just doesn't matter. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, here's how we overcome the fears and anxieties. Here's how we can live a carefree life. He says, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I've always thought that thanksgiving over, overcomes care, anxiety. Uh, you know, when we start thinking of the good things that we have and what we have to be thankful for, and my, my goodness, this group of people, we have a lot to be thankful for. I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for. He says... And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is talking about keeping our minds strong and keeping our mind right instead of being weighted down or dragged down. Uh, the peace of God can, that, 
that passes human understanding can keep our minds. He says this, finally, brother, here's how you do it. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's he say? Think on these things. He tells us, hey, hey, in our mind, in that spiritual warfare, in that battle of the mind, or just in our everyday life, you know, you know the, let me just say this. That principle that the Bible uh, teaches us right there will work for anyone, whether they're a Christian or not, whether they have Christ inside of them or not. This would work. This principle in life, being able to think on, on good things, think on right things, uh, to be able to put those cares aside he says, these are the things that we're to think on. Then what's going to happen? Inside, we'll have that peace that passes understanding. You know what peace that passes understanding is? It's when you go through something that everyone around you suspects that you're going to fall apart. That you're going to be weighted down by. And you have just a peace. You have a lift. You have a thrust that's on, you know, that you can't explain, that you are, everything's going to be okay. You know, I've, I've faced my greatest fear, and God is still there. God is still there. He can still see us through. This is directing, this, this thinking on these things specifically, and, and prayer and supplication, supplication is humble, earnest prayer and worship. By the way, I, I've said this before, preached a whole message here one time that I, 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 it would be wonderful if we were a praying church. But one of the things that we all, I think, need to maybe implement in our prayer is not just petitions. Sometimes in me, myself, you know, I, I go to the Lord in prayer. It's, Lord, help my day, bless my day, keep me from anything bad, bless this, do that, all these sort of things. And he, he hears those prayers and he answers them. He's a loving Father. But some worship. Amen. Time of talk, telling Him how great He is and thanking Him for the past answered prayers. Spending that time in boy, It's hard to be full of care when we're thinking of His past victories in our life thinking of the, the, the things that He has brought us through and seen us through. So many times it's easy, you know. I don't, sometimes we, we can go through a, a, a problem and God delivers us from it. We've probably all been there, right? Then we pray and God's helped us through, seen us through. And then down the road we go through a problem again and all of a sudden we forget that He can, you know, take care of it. We start to worry about it. We start to fear good to remember and worship Him in prayer of what He has done. Look at, look at here's how we can, can, can uh, get this uh, right angle. Uh, turn to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. See, having the right angle will cause thrust. In other words, what you set your mind on or the direction that you set your mind can cause, you know, either lift or weight. You see that? It can either weight you down or it can lift you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, the Bible says, for though, we, uh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's what I was saying, that you know, a lot of the things in life that we struggle with and battle with, 
it's, 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 it's not all natural. Sometimes we think it is, but a lot of times there's something deeper, a supernatural thing going on. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. They're not fleshly. In other words, some of the battles that we fight in our mind, we can't, we can't win those battles through, through earthly things. It's going to be something that's inside. But mighty. Through God in pulling down strongholds. You know, when I think of strongholds, I think of, of, of addictions. I think of long-term uh, 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 bondage, maybe to a sin, maybe to a fear, maybe to uh, uh, just a disposition in your mind, right? And, and really, it's caused uh, bondage. And he's saying, hey, that battle can be won in the mind, pulling down those strongholds and getting victory over temptation, getting victory over, over those fears, those long-term uh, issues that we've fought through. Look at verse 5. Casting down, look at this, imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. In other words... Getting rid of those imaginations that aren't true. You know, you ever think of... I know, sometimes I... Uh, this may be useful, maybe not, but have you, ever, have you ever been in a circumstance and you think of the worst case scenario? <laughs> like, worst case, this is, you know, what happens if I lose everything and I'm, you know, I'm like Job sitting there dusting ashes with it, you know. You, but sometimes that's helpful because even when you go to the worst case scenario and say, even that's not all that bad, you know, and, and you can pull yourself up and get through. But a constant, uh, constant uh, thought process, constant diet of worst case scenario, why not every now and again let's think of the best case scenario? You know, what could be the best case scenario? And really imagine in our, in our mind that, hey, God can deliver me. God can help me. You know, God can do great things and God will. Don't you think that would help lift, help propel, help thrust? He says, cast down those evil imaginations. You know, a lot of times there's a, a, a sin, sin problems uh, that we face, temptations. Doesn't the battle go on in our mind before we ever act out with our feet or with our hands or with our mouth? Doesn't it seem like there's always the battle is back in here? And then we go ahead, and, and it's either won or lost. And then our hands or our eyes or our mouth or our whatever go into action. Isn't that right? He says, casting down the imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can you imagine that? Wow, living daily where, hey, that thought, that's not, that's not truth. Kind of like we read in Philippians chapter 4. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. So these thoughts, and, and, and all of us, it's nonstop. Isn't there thoughts going through our heads constantly, right? Just constantly. I can be reading my Bible and be going down through it, and before long, I'm just reading along and scheduling the day at the same time. <laughs> Nothing wrong, I just, it's just what my mind wanders, right? Or praying, and, and really trying to seek the Lord, and what He wants, and, what he, and then the, some of the worst thoughts just come into your mind, right? 
how do we how do we combat that? How do we do it? He tells us here, cast it aside. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I believe God has a race for all of us. He has a course for all of us. But you know what? All of us have sins in our life. All of us have... uh, uh, All of us struggle with something, right? I think we do, right? Is there even sinless in here? No. (laughs) So... Which there's certain things, there's sins he says that so easily beset us. Meaning, you know, whatever it is for you, there's something that boy, uh, it, it's almost not even a battle. You, you give into it. You're weak in that area, right? He tells us, hey, lay aside those weights. Those weights are the things. Those weights are the things that'll stop us from running the race. It'll stop us from getting off the ground. It'll stop us from propelling to what God wants us to do. He says, lay aside those weights. And then he says, he gives, he gives us, he doesn't just say lay aside. You know, sometimes that's what religion does to us. It says, stop this, start that, stop this, start that. But he tells us here how to do it. Here's how you do it. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You say, how am I going to be able to overcome? How am I going to be able to lay aside those weights? Uh, Look to Christ. Look to the cross. Look to the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to His Word. Keep our eyes on Him. You know what happens? Just like lift in the force of flying, when you are at the right angle, it lifts you up. You see that? But if you're at the wrong angle, it pushes you down. It'll weight you down. The same is true in our lives. When we keep our eyes on Christ, when we keep our eyes on eternal things, when we keep our eyes toward heaven, you know what? The things of this earth, look, we could all go and and, and pick up a newspaper or get online and, and start reading the news, and we could all discourage ourselves real fast if we wanted to. Right? Looking at earthly things, looking at problems in this... That's, you know, that's what, they, that's what they sell is a lot of times earthly issues, earthly problems. You know what also will discourage you? If you, co- if you constantly keep your eyes on yourself in your own problems. So many times I've talked with folks that, that are, have an addiction to, to some sort of thing. And I say, don't, don't, don't necessarily focus on that. Don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on your problem. Focus on the Lord. Fill your life up with joyful things. Fill your life up with the, with the good things of the Lord. And before long, sometimes those weights will just fall off because they're not, they won't have such a stronghold on you. Man, you know, when you really experience the joy of the Lord, when you really experience the love of God in your life, and you experience His peace, it is really hard to go for the counterfeit joy. It's really hard to go for the counterfeit love after you really get the good stuff, the right stuff. So keeping our eyes, keeping our eyes on Christ. You want to be lifted this week? You want to be propelled this week? Don't, don't, don't look at others. Don't look at others. Look at Christ. Keep our eyes on Him. Look toward Him. There's a lot of times folks, people, people can lift us. Sometimes people can weight us. Sometimes people can be a drag. I hate to say that, but sometimes they can 
But the Bible even tells us that. In Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. You want to be wise? Find some wise friends. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But the flip side of that, Proverbs 13, 20 says, But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I don't want to be destroyed. So, sometimes you got to choose your friends. you got to choose your influences. Choose those folks that, hey, if they're constantly waiting, if they're constantly dragging, and I can't help them, then, look, I, I need to maybe not, I don't want to be destroyed, I don't want to crash and burn with them. You understand? We understand that when, with young people, right? We understand that with high school kids and college kids. Hey, if you run with the wrong crowd, you're going to get in trouble, right? But does it change when we get older? Does it change? Does it, right? There's still some folks that, hey, they can drag us down. They can hurt us. The Bible says evil communication corrupts what? Good manners. If we're going to have a constant diet of evil communication, you say, what is evil communication? What's the definition of that? Uh, uh, anything that exalts itself against God, the knowledge of God. It's really the opposite of Philippians chapter 4. Whatsoever things are true, so if it's a lie, that's evil. Who's the father of lies, right? If, it's, if anything that's honest, anything that's a good report, well, if it's a bad report, <laughs> it's not like we can stop our ears from any bad report, but you understand what I'm saying. Look, limit the evil communication. Why? Because of, before long it will affect us. What's it do? It weights us down. It drags us. That question that I got earlier, what gives you energy? What gives you the strength? What propels you? You, you ask yourself that. You know, what is it that, that I really feel alive when I do? What is it that really gets, gets me excited? What thrusts me? I hope this church does. I hope that this is a place where we come and get a fresh drink of water and get energized. I know the Word of God will, for any believer, has the Holy Spirit inside of them. The Word of God will energize us. It'll, it'll, it'll thrust us. His Spirit, His Spirit inside of us, when we're walking after the Spirit, man, He energizes us. He gives us that, that, that power to live the Christian life. What is it? Maybe serving, giving, praying, fellowship. Maybe your work. What, what is it that God's created you to do that lifts you, that gives you that life, that energy? I've been to many... Bible studies, many church services, uh, many Christian fellowships in my life that when I showed up there it just felt like whatever, you know, kind of blah. And I've left energized. I've left, yeah, praise the Lord, you know, God is good. And what, what else, what, what is it in your life that can give you that, that energy, that strength? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17. The Bible says in another place in Ephesians, Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. When we're talking about the power of God and His might, He can, he can really 
He can really energize you. He can, that's a real thrust. That's real powerful. Get you through whatever really you need to get through. That'll get you off the ground, so to speak. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. There's something about growing in the knowledge of Christ, in the revelation and wisdom of Christ that it energizes me. It, you know, that really... Is a, is a lifter for me. He says, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Have you ever been there when something was being preached or taught or you're reading the Bible on your own and it, you, you may even say it like this, the lights came on. The eyes of your understanding were enlightened. And you know what that was. It wasn't the person teaching. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't the book you were reading. It was the Holy Spirit inside of you Revealed something to you through the Word of God. Isn't that, isn't that great? Isn't that energizing when the Holy Spirit inside of you starts just showing you the truth and leading you, guiding you into the truth? That is wonderful. That is wonderful. That's what he's talking about here. That you may know, verse 18, what is the hope of your calling. Boy, when you know your calling, that's energizing. And what the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints... And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward. His power in us, to us, who believe according to the working of His mighty power. You know, as followers of Christ, as children of God, my goodness, we have access to great, great power. We just have to put ourselves in the right direction to it. We just have to allow those thrusters to work through us. He is, he is great. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. What He's done for us. He has overcome our enemies already. We are already. Look, I was talking to someone the other day about the book of Revelation. We were talking about, you know, this, this, it's interesting to me, but some, some, some of it, how it could be scary. And I said, yeah, but you know what's so great? Is I, I got, you get to the end. Right. Revelation 19 and Revelation 20 and 21, 22, where we are victorious. We get to read the end of the book and we know how it all is going to end. And it's all going to end really good for those who have believed in Christ and followed after Him. We're talking about a new heaven and a new earth that we're going to rule and reign with them. Um, there might be some bad parts in between, but my goodness, it ends wonderful. For all of us that are in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How do you get in Christ? Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father. 1 Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Wouldn't it, isn't it wonderful to be part of the inheritance of the saints? Joint heirs with Jesus Christ, he said. Who hath delivered us from the power of of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You know what that is? That's salvation. When you've been delivered, when you've been bought back, when you when your sins have been paid for, you are delivered from the kingdom of darkness and you are put into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, in whom Jesus Christ, we have redemption how through His blood, 
even the forgiveness of sins. If you've never been born again here this morning, I'll tell you, that is the most uplifting thing that you could ever experience, is to know that you've been delivered from the power of darkness. To know that your sins have been forgiven. You talk about a weight being lifted. There is a weight. Sin weights us down. Sin weights us down. And to be able to be lifted from the penalty, look, I know, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. But I know that I have been forgiven for my sins. And one day I'll stand before God and I will not have to. You say, this doesn't sound right. I will not have to pay for my sin because I accepted Jesus Christ's payment for my sin. That is a weight off of me. Isn't that a weight off? I'll tell you, the greatest lifter up, the greatest thrust that any person could ever experience is to be forgiven, to be free from guilt, to have their sins paid for, to be child of God. That's salvation. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never experienced that, wow, I would do that today. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. The Lord, He is our lifter. He is the one that thrusts us. Look at Psalms. We'll look at a couple passages in Psalms. Psalms chapter 3. Psalms chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, But Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. You know what the Lord does for us? He's our protector, right? He is, he, when we sing that song, He is our all in all, that's what we mean. He is our provider. He's our protector. He is the one that encourages us and energizes us. He is the one that lifts up our head when our head would be hanging low. He is the one that is, He is on our side. We're on His side, however you want to say it. When you've got God with you, what, what, uh, what could, what could, discourage us? What could get us down? I know life can, but maybe it's because we're not looking at Him. Psalms 134. Psalms 134. We're going to read a whole chapter this morning. A whole chapter. It's only three verses. (laughs) Don't get nervous. But hey, you came to church, you get to read a whole chapter out of the Bible. Psalms 134 says, Behold, Bless ye the Lord, all ye His servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. You know what that is? That's worship. You know what that is? You ever see someone do that? It might have made you nervous, uh, depending on you know if you're used to that or not. But you know, someone lift up their hands and say, "Bless the Lord." I mean, God is good. He is. He's the one that paid my sin debt. He's the one that has taken care of me. Bless His name. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. He is, uh, he is the one that has provided for us and is worthy of our praise. Look at this. One, Psalms 123. Psalms 123. He says, Unto thee... Lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwelleth in the heavens. You see that? It's the right direction. You lift up your eyes toward the Lord, and what happens? You don't see all the things on earth, right? All the things that are uh, so uh, could be so discouraging or knock us off the track. 
Verse 2, Behold, the eyes of the servant look unto the hands of their master, and the eyes of the maiden and the hand of her mistress. So our eyes wait on the Lord our God until that he have, have, uh, until that he have mercy upon us. He says our eyes are upon the, war, on the Lord waiting for him. Waiting for him. You know that waiting for him is expecting him. Uh, waiting in expectation that, hey, as my eyes are waiting on the Lord, I'm expecting Him to work and to move in our life. So this, this week, as we close, let's get higher. Let's, let's go higher in our, in our walk with Christ, in our relationship with Christ. You say, how are we going to have to do that? We're going to have to get to the right angle. We're going to have to keep our eyes on Christ and decide that, hey, in my mind I will engage in that spiritual warfare that when those evil thoughts and those evil things are coming in that would would drag me down and weigh me down, I'm going to cast them out. I'm going to choose to think on the things that are in Philippians chapter 4, the right things and the good things. I may have to lay aside some weights. I may have to confess some sin. Look, if, if while this message was being preached, the Holy Spirit convicted you of specific sins in your heart and in your life that you know about, just confess them. That's the easiest thing, is to humble yourself before the Lord. Say, God, you know, He knows it anyhow, doesn't He? He knows our heart. Are we hiding anything from Him? Of course not. Confess it. And ask the Lord for His help, for His deliverance. Those habits. We may have to start some habits. We may have to stop some habits, Right? Some things that we understand, hey, this if I put this into my life, maybe it's Bible reading, maybe it's a time of prayer. Hey, if I put this in my life, I know that this is going to help me. I know this is going to lift me. I know this is going to thrust me. And so I'm going to be intentional about it. Starting today, I, I, I spoke briefly about salvation. If you've not been saved, receive it. This week, this morning, today. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never experienced that complete forgiveness for sins, then my goodness, uh, allow the Lord to, re- to pay for your sin debt for you. That's the best deal going. 